when the truth of it is, it's all about dues. I mean, think about all the things we are not supposed to do in our job. But the truth of it is, those are guidelines that kind of keep us from straying. Truth of it is, our life and our job is all about the dues. Go do this, go do this, go do this. Well, the Word of God is the same way. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Salty Pastor Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you learn to think critically for yourself and grow your faith. Those things are um, not uh, opposite, but in fact, they go together. They're like peanut butter and jelly. They're complementary. And we are here to challenge you, to um, ask you to use the brain that God gave you to think through why you believe what you believe, because ultimately that's, as Pastor Doug says all the time, what you believe about yourself is the most important thing about yourself. And we here at The Salty Pastor are here to encourage you to do that. My name is Jesse Mayer. I'll be your host. And we are glad on our first episode of 2022 to have Pastor Harvey Friesen on the desk with us yeah, today. Yeah, good to be so in here welcome. with you guys as well. And and uh, love the podcast, The Salty Pastor Podcast, and also love being a part of it. So Good Absolutely. to be in here on the first start of the year. And obviously, uh, Pastor Doug has asked me to preach the first couple of sermons for the year, and so that comes along with the podcast, too. It does. You get to join us here. We get to kind of—I love the podcast um, because we get to kind of see where you, where your brain's at in a way that maybe you don't always get to express on stage when you're trying to, you know, I'm usually I'm the one setting the, Hey, you need to have, you know, these timelines of when you're done preaching and stuff like that. And the podcast is a little more fluid. You get to kind of just really dive into it. So what I actually want to do today is we had um, Emma and Dana on last week. um, So you didn't actually get to talk about what you're going to be preaching on. And so I kind of actually want to retroactively go back and talk about your amazing sermon on Sunday and kind of how you got there, what your thoughts were. Um, um, We loved having Dana and Emma on, but I do know some people really love hearing why you were thinking the things you were thinking. So let's, let's, let's time warp back and pretend like we're before your sermon, where were you at? And, you know, talk to us about what your thoughts are on it. You know, God probably doesn't care about the calendar that we use because it's just another day to him. You know, one day is a thousand years, a thousand years is like a day to him. Um, But they matter to us, and Mm. we live in cyclical lives. We have different seasons of our lives, etc. And the beginning of the new year is actually a great time in our lives to stop, sit down for a moment, reflect back, and then also think forward. And what would that look like? And so the sermon for the first week, we're in this series, The Good Life, and Mm. part of what is really the good, good life is that we would be stopping and reflecting upon how we are in our faith with God and what it looks like that we want to work on during the year. And more importantly, it really is, and it was kind of the verse, not kind of, it was the verse that started us this week, which is Psalm 4610, which says, cease striving and know that I am God. And the whole idea of it is, before we put our plans together, before we put any kind of energy to it all, what we do is we stop And it's almost the notion of you stop for a moment in time and you make sure that the Lord is actually out ahead of you Mm. and that he's leading your life. I love Psalm 127. He says, it's it's vain for you to rise up early and eat the fruit of hard labor. The Lord gives to his beloved even as they rest. The point of it is we think that we've got to create and energize and strengthen and build and plan and goals and all like that. And yeah, yeah, those are important parts of life. But, but more importantly, what we want is God to be leading us and to be going before us in that. So the idea of this Sunday was slow down, stop for just a second, 
take a breath. We don't want the non-believing world around us to set the agenda for our lives. Uh, Surely they've got a lot of impact on our lives. Uh, But what we really want is God to lead us in the 2022 year. And Mm. so that that, that was really the beginning of the sermon series. Well, and I think, you know, establishing uh, Pastor Doug and I had a meeting this morning um, about, you know, going into this first kind of series, it's really about, you know, routines over resolutions, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's right. like, I've got to, you know, I want to do these great big huge goals this year. And it's like, that's that's yeah. good. But as we've learned in a lot of the best uh, habit building um, books or series or YouTube videos, whatever your preferred thing is, a lot of those come, you know, a lot of those goals are made through habits, which is just another word for creating a routine, right? That's right. And so Absolutely. habits beat goals all the time. I mean, that's really what it is. We are a collection of habits. Mm. Now, all that goals do is is that they actually give direction to our habits. Right. We get to actually stack them up and know why we're going where we're going uh, because the goals set us out there with that marker, if you will. But the habits are actually what get us there. The quickest two habits of the life of faith are that we would study the Word of God and not just read it, but that we actually study the Word of God. And then we also then pray and connect into our God and Father. I mean, everybody's overstated this phrase study your you know study your bible and pray well yeah but it's more than that i mean when it comes to a relationship that i have with anyone it it's Jesse, you and I have much more than just, okay, here's what we're working on and here's how it goes. Mm-hmm. It's actually we have a human der- interaction with each other. We're friends. We care about each other. Right. We want the best for each other. We ask about what's going on in each other's lives. It's the notion of we're actually building a relationship. Well, building a relationship with God has great big ideas about it, but it also comes down to pragmatic routines that are habits that are the life of faith. And Christ himself demonstrated those to us. I mean, it says in the scripture that he went to a quiet place and was there alone by himself. Mm. I mean, he had the first, if you want to call it, private time or devotional time or quiet time with God. Well, and he does that a lot. Like, as yeah. you read through it, there's Absolutely. there's multiple times where he sends the disciples on ahead or says, hey, hang out here for a minute. I'm, I'm going to go spend some time by myself with God and and really connect with him, right? Right. And one of the things I think that we want to do pastorally and we want to do as a as a staff and leading the church is we want to help people actually build those lives, uh, build those things into their lives in real and meaningful life-changing, eternity-changing kinds of ways because one of the things that I, I don't know where it came from, Doug would be the guy to source all of this from, but but we we've kind of come to a place where there's this notion of the really spiritually mature and then the rest of us. Mm. And, you know, we wonder, well, what, you know, secrets and tips and ideas and all like that. And the truth of it is, is that it's just about building your life on the Word of God. And I started out with that. I mean, which is the verse of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 1 says, These are the commands, decrees, and laws that the Lord your God directed me to teach you. This is Moses talking to the people. And he literally said, Let me give you the building blocks of how to go live a wonderful life. So in the studying of the Word of God, what we do is we see the morals of God. And more importantly, we get so locked up a lot of times in the don'ts. When the truth of it is, it's all about do's. I mean, think about all the things we are not supposed to do in our job. But the truth of it is, those are guidelines that kind of keep us from straying. Truth of it is, our life and our job is all about the do's. Go do this, go do this, go do this. Right. Go. Well, the Word of God is the same way. It's about going and doing. So we have morals that teach us how to do. We have decrees, which are the wisdom of God. 
which because wisdom is so important. It's different than knowledge, right? Knowledge is, uh, wow, I, I understand how the chemistry of a cell works. Okay, that's really great. Wisdom is the ability to appropriate healing when that cell breaks down, knowing what to do, what not to do, when to do it, when not to do it, what's the right environment. So wisdom and knowledge are so important in how they come together. And one of the reasons why we have so many Bible studies in our church, one of the reasons why we advocate and encourage you to be in a group and to study the Word of God and to pray and do all those kinds of things is because we want you to know how to actually build a healthy life and build it based on wisdom being appropriated into your life. Well, and would you say this wisdom really comes down to a sustainability, right? Like it's having the wisdom to know how sustain how to build a sustainable relationship with God, well, right? Absolutely. Because yeah. there's a lot of people that'll, you know, they and this is why we're talking about routines over resolutions, things like that. It's like people will get really gung-ho of like, you know, I'm going to turn around and this year to grow spiritually, I'm going to be... I'm reading 15 chapters in my Bible every day. I'm going to be praying for two hours. I'm going to go serve at the food pantry, and then I'm going to go and help lead a Bible study. And they do that for three weeks maybe, and then they're like, I can't do this anymore. They burn out, and then they fall even further away. And so having that wisdom of this is when it's appropriate, this is what I feel like I can do right now in this step of building a routine that can, maybe eventually you do get up to that, but it's not something you're going to be able to just drop and go right away, right? Right, absolutely. And 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 that's the point of a steady eddy prayer life, a steady eddy scripture life, a steady eddy Bible study life. Uh, one of the things I love is I'm on the Bible app and there I think this year it turned over five hundred million people. Yeah, they had a big uh, celebration. Yeah, for big celebration. Five hundred million people have downloaded this app. I mean the best place to start is with that Bible app. I have that Bible app. I, I again I'm not patting myself on the back, but one of the cool parts about it is it talks about how much you've been in the Word of God this mm, last year. The streaks, right? Yeah, it has and, the streaks. And you know, the other cool part of it was is that I looked at I looked at it toward the end of the year and it actually has a thing in there that talks about it. Well, there was over 340-some days that I was in that app last year, okay? So the, the cool part of it is I'm allowing the Word of God to begin to penetrate my life, my mind, my actions, mm-hmm. and I'm constantly doing it. So, you know, so a lot of people say, well, I mean, I don't remember what I read last week. Well, I don't remember what I had for lunch last Tuesday, <laughs> but, you know, looking it's at me still... and knowing my own, I had some, <laughs> and I'm, you know, and I combusted that food, and it created energy, and it made me along the way. The daily bread of God is the exact same way. Mm-hmm. It gives me what I I need for the day, and especially when you include prayer in it, the Word of God becomes living and active. It's dynamic. In fact, that's Hebrews 4.12, is how the Word of God is living and dynamic. Um, in Joshua, the reason why I result, you know, spoke to Joshua this weekend is Joshua is an interesting place because it's a transition of leadership. You had Moses who led the people out, and remember all the struggles that they had in year upon year, two-week journey turned into 40 years. And then you had a handover of leadership. And that handover of leadership is really about the fact that there is a continuity of the God who was leading them, not just about who the personality was that was in front of them. Right. And that's so important about why we build our own private spiritual life, is that it's not about whether Pastor Doug is in my life, or Jesse's in my life, or Harvey's in my life, or Dana's in my life, or Emma, or, or Tiffany, or any of the leaders of our church and staff, and Kim Cross, and, and Cynthia, and, and Steve, and anybody. It, it's, it's about there's a continuity of God leading my life. Mm. And I think that's so important. Um, and, and I say this, and I, I don't mean anything weird about it, but we, I don't need the church to affirm 
what I already know about my God. But when I know our God, he then leads me into his church, which is his body of Christ, which there are congregations spread out all over Treasure Valley, congregations spread out all over the world. And what those churches do is what? We love, support, encourage each other as we continue following our God. Mm. So that's why I like Joshua, because Joshua says, look, if you'll do these things, you will be prosperous and you will have success. And, and I would suggest to you that God's actually daring you to follow his commands and to learn his ways and to employ his decrees. He's daring all of us and saying, look, you do this, you will find success in your life. And I, and I, I believe that. I'm, I'm enjoying the blessings of it, actually. And it brings back that idea that you, you talked about earlier of it's not just a the Bible's not just a book full of don'ts, right? It's a no. go do this and this will happen for you, well, right? See, and, and you said something very, very important. It's go do. And, and, and that's Habakkuk 2.4 says the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. And here's the important part is it's not the righteous will live by beliefs, Okay, because that's one of the great mistakes we made. And one of the things that we've done is that we've created a sacred-secular divide. That's not a biblical truth. Everything is sacred. Uh, and then the second side of that is, is that we've also said, well, those are nice ideas, but they don't really work in the real world. Mm. So keep your beliefs over there, but now go get a job or go do whatever. Well, the truth of it is, is that those beliefs only matter when they become faith, and faith is only faith when it is an actionable thing. We are doing it. I think our, our leadership uh, guide, Doug Johnson, who go- helps lead our staff in our leadership development as a staff, uh, I think he used the phrase is that, is that faith as an action leads to a transaction. And what I think is, is this, is that we have this transaction, and that is we are connecting with God and the reciprocation of his promises and blessings come out in our lives. And if I, if I could actually give a little addendum to that, and that is faith that our actions lead to a transaction that l- result in a transformation. Mm. It's one of those things where you start to all of a sudden realize, wow, I'm, I'm growing. Because the, the person that's been going to the gym and that has been doing those habit-forming things Thing, or those things that are habits have, I guarantee you, looked at their shirts and their clothes and their whatever, and they're going, wow, the shoulders are getting a little tighter and the midriff's getting a little bit looser. And wow, this is kind of happening. And you notice it. And one of the most beautiful things that happens in the life of faith is momentum. Mm. Momentum. And the beginning of the year is one of those things that if nothing else, the beginning of the year creates what? An opportunity to establish, build, and, and maybe, if you will, ignite a little bit of momentum. Mm. Well, it's a it's a really great kickoff point, right? Yeah, like absolutely. It's, it's just a way to, because we're ultimately we are habit or we're we're very cyclical creatures. We like the idea of you know yeah. a year. We plan around a week, things like that. And so, I mean, even today, like the I've got all my interns in today, and we're clearing out the storage room. We're making sure. space. We're reorganizing, and it's yeah. just it's one of those things that we like to do, and it's just sort of setting yourself up for success. That's and right. you're encouraging us that hey, the Bible gives you a lot of things that will set you up for success, and now's a great time to start them. Anytime's a great time Absolutely. to start them. But if, you're, if you were, you're big on, like, I like big round anniversaries of I started this read through the Bible in a year in January, so I'll be done next January, great time to start, right? Absolutely. fantastic. And you know what's interesting, too, is that there's a Bible principle at play here, and that is is that we, re- we reap what we sow. Mm. And to, to be able to reap anything, you have to sow something, okay? And I think that's an important thing that we overlook. Because a lot of times what we do is we judge our, ourselves against the spiritual mature, 
when, when we feel like, well, man, I just, I'm lacking in this, and I'm lacking in this, and I'm lacking in this. And what we do, and this is actually something that I talk with my kids about a lot in sports, and that is, is that when we're playing sports, what we're doing is we're competing against someone else. And what happens is, is that when fear gets in rather than faith, their strengths become bigger than they really are, and our weaknesses become bigger to us than they really are. Mm. So we focus on their strengths and our weaknesses, and we get beat. In the life of faith, there's a very different component here. And the different component is this, is I am pulling for Jesse's growth, and he is pulling for my growth. I am not competing with you, and you're not competing with me. And if anything, Pastor Doug and I, from a pastoral sense— uh, you know, three pastors on our staff, Doug, Steve, and myself, is that our goal is not to say, wow, look at our lives. Our goal is to say, let's all grow together. And by the way, we're player coaches. We're growing just the same way you are. We put in the work. We do the habits. We walk in that faith just with you. And by the way, you can do them too. They are not set aside for the spiritually elite. Well, and I think, I mean, I take this as an example. I've had people share with me Oh, prayer's really hard. Like I don't pray in public because it, it stresses me out. I don't I just don't feel like I can say the right words and it's like I I totally get that because when I very even when I very first started here, prayer in public was not like a thing I felt comfortable with. And I used you as a role model for how to pray better. And then the we every Wednesday um, take prayer concerns of our congregation. Mm-hmm. We, as a staff, sit down and we pray together out loud for these prayer concerns. And a couple of weeks ago, it was one of them, like, it like set me on fire for the whole day. Pastor Harv told me that I was like really on fire in prayer that day. And it was something that I had, mm-hmm. when I started here, felt like I was at a deficit at. And through following your lead and sh- you showing me how you pray, I have developed my own style of prayer and you said, hey, man, that was a really good prayer that you did. And I'm like, Pastor Harv, the guy I've been modeling my prayer life after, told me I did a good job. I'm so excited, right? And But it's like, it wasn't, you didn't come after me and be like, hey, you can't, you know, you need to tone it back a little bit. I need to be the best prayer in the, no, in the thing. Not, You're like, even hey, go, yeah. go and be successful. Great. I love this. Growing your walk with the Lord. We want, see, see I think that's part of the ethos of, of Foothills. We want to see you succeed. We want to see you grow. We want to see you expand in your ability and in your faith and in your life. And and we're not here to limit that. We're actually here to in, enable that and encourage it and empower that and help move it forward. And that, I, I want to say, I mean, that is one of the struggles going on in our world today. I mean, there, there used to be a sense of we're all pulling for each other. Well, for whatever reason, we're kind of now pulling against each other. No, we're not doing that. That, that. We are here to advocate for that. Now, what, what people are looking for is how are some practical ways that I start? And, and I would suggest to you that I think practical small prayers is a great habit-forming thing to start out with. Mm. Uh, I'll give you a great illustration. Here's, here's a prayer. God, I'm going to say this word, and I, can't, and I really mean it, is always answers this prayer is start out your day today. Maybe you're going to you know, listen to the podcast in the evening and you're going to have a new start for tomorrow, or maybe you listen to the podcast early in your morning or whatever. But what I would suggest is, is that you do this. Lord, I want to be a source of hope and goodness in someone else's life today. I pray you'd create the opportunity for that. I, that's a 100% answer prayer. God's going to create an opportunity for you to be hopeful and encouraging in someone else's life, and, and he's going to he's probably going to give you five opportunities. In fact, it'll probably happen before noon. could happen before 10 o'clock. Mm. Is God—and and, and truthfully, that's how we grow. 
And and for some reason, the world around us has sort of said we're either really spiritually mature or we're spiritually immature. Well, you know, spiritually mature people can struggle with selfishness. I mean, we, we all can't. I mean, it's not like we get it and it's kind of got it and we don't have to do it again. We're there forever and we're, we're good. No. It's just like it's very similar. You know, we've been using this reference of like going to the gym. It's like you can be a really in shape. Even some of our best sports athletes in the world are, can get to the best shape of their lives. But when they stop putting the work in, they stop seeing results and they start falling backwards. Absolutely. Like that's and that's your you're you're saying that our our spiritual growth is very similar. We can't we can't treat it as something that's just gonna magically just be hundred percent once you hit that hit that peak, you're good, done, don't need to put any more work in, right? It's a well, lifelong yeah. thing. Well, I, I, absolutely. And, and let me give you a practical expression of that. A practical expression of that is a lot of times men struggle with the notion of having the spiritual responsibility and privilege of being a spiritual leader in their home. Uh, because the first thought, even when I said that, some of you guys who heard that you went, oh gosh, I can't do that. I would fail. My wife knows more than I do. All those kinds of things. Well, you're, you're already looking at the bottom side of it. The, the beginning of spiritual leadership in the home is just this thought. God, you made me to be able to participate in the well-being of others that are around me. I'm going to open myself up to you to guide me in that. I, just as I said, there's a prayer that, that God always answers, and that is, Lord, help me to be an encouragement and to give hope to someone else today. Mm. Here's here's a prayer that God always answers too. Lord, I want to learn to grow to be less selfish and be more unselfish in the way that I am around the people that matter to me the most. You want a prayer that's 100% answered prayer? God's going to answer that prayer right away. I, I would actually kind of dare you a little bit to have the courage to pray that prayer and then see that played out in small, insignificant ways. Everybody gets focused on the big rocks. Yes, those matter. And you got to put the big rocks in there, right? Jesus Christ, Lord of the church. Jesus Christ, the head of the church. Jesus Christ resurrected. The word of God is the is God's uh, inerrant word of God given to us that we believe in and hold it. The big rocks, big rocks. The life of faith is practical, small steps and by the way, it's not about proving that I'm a spiritual leader or a spiritual guide of any form or fashion. It's, it's just go do it. Just go do it. And being unselfish is one of those. We had a staff process. So one of the things that goes on, we trade around in our staff is because we believe the Spirit of God is living in, every, in each of us who have been uh, baptized in the Lord. The Holy Spirit's baptism has come over us. By the way, there were several people that gave their lives to Christ this last Sunday, and we want to encourage you, step forward, be baptized, mm. and be baptized in the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins and also for the empowerment, the blessing, the receiving of God's Holy Spirit because you're... Here's one of the most basic things to know. Your spiritual growth is something God is actually standing there waiting to help you with. He's encouraging you in so much so. He said, I'm going to send the spirit of the living God to encourage you to do that. Because like you'll see people, like you're talking about with prayer, where you go, man, they've just kind of found a groove and they're doing that. Well, it's because they're open to the spirit of God to help them grow. Mm -hmm. See, the opposite of spiritual guidance and leadership is the thought that I have to generate it on my own. No, it's you, me. It's no. it's my work. Yeah, <laughs> right. and, and, and uh, absolutely wrong. So Dana today, uh, leading our staff in our first devotions of the year as a staff, uh, leading us and guiding us. And we talked about, okay, our Colossians one twenty eight says that our goal is to present everyone complete in Christ. And that word for complete is actually translate a lot of scriptures, uh, a lot of translations say mature. Mm -hmm. So we want to present you mature in Christ. We're here to help you do that. So we talked about what are some of the differences between maturity and immaturity. Well, one of the first ones, 
maturity in God is having the wisdom of God. Solomon laid out so much wisdom in Proverbs. There's wisdom in the book of James. There's wisdom in all the different books when you look for it. But that wisdom literature is there and available to us where all you have to do is be open to God. Today's the 4th of January. Open up your Bible to Proverbs chapter 4 and read uh, Proverbs chapter 4 and see what wisdom is in there and read until you get to a place where you go, wow, that one really speaks to me. And before you read that, that scripture, say, Lord, I'm open to your Holy Spirit to guide me and direct me in understanding what you want to have to say. Lord, if your word because it says it is living and active, Hebrews 4.12, make your word living and active in my life. And I'm telling you, you will read through a chapter of Proverbs and you'll stop at maybe the third verse, maybe the 15th verse, maybe whatever verse, but there'll be a verse in there that if you're open and you pray and you want the Spirit to lead you, He will lead you to And I think wisdom. that's so important because, you know, I've found, I'm doing the, you know, I've mentioned it multiple times, I'm doing read through the Bible in a year. Yeah. And it's very easy to think of it as homework and you're just like blowing through it, right? right? But the days that I start before I start reading and go, God, show me what you want to show me today, I get like, I'll mark down like 15 to 20 verses in the chapters that I read Absolutely. versus the days where I'm like, oh, I got to get my, you know, the gamification in the app. The good thing that also says, hey, you're on a streak. Yeah. I'm also like, well, I don't want to drop my streak, so I'm going to read through it. The days that I don't open with that prayer, I will maybe mark two or yeah. none because I'm just there to get the check mark and say, hey, you did your good thing today, Jesse. Good job. Well, anybody who's ever worked on their health, worked out, gone to the gym, trained for a sport, whatever, knows this. There are days you go to work out and it feels awesome. There are days you go and you slug it out. Yep. Right? I mean, that happens in our walk with God as well. Uh, look, it happens for us as pastors. I mean, I, I love this line. I think it's actually true. There are sometimes when Pastor Doug and I preach because we have something to say. There are sometimes when we preach because we have to say something, okay? I mean, it just works that way because the Word of God, remember, go back to the notion of the leadership of Moses and leadership of, of Joshua, the continuity of God in the preaching of the Word of God always accomplishes what God wants to do. We don't just let our, and this is important in our culture, our feelings cannot direct our habits. Mm. If our feelings direct our habits, we'll never accomplish anything. Well, we talked about that in uh, uh, as a expression of maturity is when your emotions do not override your um, rational thinking or, or your, your thought process. Your emotions do not lead you. Instead, yeah. you let... Well, that, yeah, we don't let our emotions run our lives. What we do is, is that we've been given a rational mind, that we've been given the mind of Christ, if we want it, mm -hmm. that can actually guide us and be proactive about how we live our lives. Uh, you know, we finished that sermon uh, going down to talking about one of my favorite verses in the Bible, Romans 15, 13, where the apostle, at the end of that whole you know course that he's giving to the Romans, says this verse. He says, "...may the God of hope fill you with joy and peace." Look, I, I know hashtag blast, hashtag happiness, hashtag all that. I'm not, I'm not beating it up, okay? Please don't hear me beating it up. What I'm trying to say is this, is that as you're growing in the life of faith, you'll move from the notion of personal happiness to the notion of joy in the Lord. And that is a actual gradiated step of moving forward in faith. Everything won't go my way today, but I can still be joyful today. I may not be happy today, but I can be joyful today. Mm. And that is built upon the continuity of God leading my life. And that's so, so powerful. I, I did say this in the sermon. I want to reiterate it here, too. 
Everybody has crises in your lives. We talked about and we've prayed for the people in Boulder County that lost their homes and businesses that were burned out uh, this last week. And they're figuring out why that happened, you know, right now and all. But but Shelly and I and our kids know personally 20 uh, families or groupings of people that have lived in homes that lost their homes, that burned to the ground. Found out about another one just last night mm-hmm. uh, where they literally have nothing but ashes left. And the they're irreplaceable things that are in there, etc. And listen, you're you and I are going to have fires in our lives. The question is, what stands between us and our fires? And a lot of times, what I've noticed is, is that the world's best offer is sort of this: is that they're they're fighting a fire with a hose, hoping that they can keep it at bay. Christ comes in if we let the cross come in, and he says. I, I will be there advocating on your behalf. You can have me as your firm refuge. Psalm 91 is what my family, we pray constantly about God being our protection. If you want some other place to just start, begin with Psalm 91 and say, Lord, I want your protection over my life. There's actually a line in there that's very interesting, is that it says, and those who say the Lord is my refuge, it actually is a call to faith. We can't just read that verse is that if we want God to be our safety, we go, Lord, be my refuge. Because everybody has a refuge. The question is, when the fires of life come, does yours stand? Because wealth goes away, health goes away, uh, uh, good looks go away. I mean, all the things that we kind of, the world builds itself on, those diminish. They're all ephemeral. They They are. Go away. Absolutely. But it is the one who does the will of the Lord that will stand and go forever. I mean, it is the will of God that we do that. And I think there's a powerful verse in Revelation that says, it is the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony uh, that that help us to prevail and be overcomers in those times. Mm. That's what we want. We want to help you grow. So we're here to help you, bless you, encourage you. Um, and it is a privilege. We talked about it in staff today. It is a privilege to help all of you. If we can help in any way, do not step back. We anointed people with oil over the weekend. If you want to be anointed with oil at the beginning of the year, let us know. I went to some families' houses after church on Sunday and prayed over them there and anointed them with oil. Please uh, call us. Let us know. Reach out to us. There's plenty of plethora of ways. You know how to find us. We want to pastor you, we want to shepherd you, and we want to pray God's blessing over you, and it's our privilege to do this. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Pastor Harv, and I'm excited to have you. You'll be back on Thursday to talk about your upcoming sermon. We went to the past, now we're going to the future, and we're so excited and blessed to have you here with us. So thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you on Thursday here on the Salty Pastor Podcast. 